Welcome to High Hope Pistachio, where visionaries gather to get inspired, learn new tools, and get a mental break that's still productive. Let your body chillax, but keep those ears on max. What is up, dreamers? We've got another episode of High Hope Pistachio ready to roll. I'm your host, Bria, who revealed the last season that I can't swim. And I just wanted to give you a little update. I still can't swim. But our guest today is not only a good swimmer, but also a lover of our planet's beautiful ocean and all its creatures. Welcome, Kate. Hi, Hi Bria. Kate. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm so happy that you can be here. I'm super excited, too. I'm super excited. I seriously like can't wait to talk all ocean stuff and about you as well. Oh my gosh, yes, I'm so excited. So before we dive into our deep sea conversation, I love asking our guests a fun question. So are you ready for your fun question? I am so ready. Okay. If you could explore the ocean safely as any animal, what would it be and why? Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question. Um, I would have to say a shark just because I feel like it would be interesting to see how humans interact with sharks, like from the shark's perspective. And like, I just feel like sharks have this respect that they just command whenever they swim anywhere. And I think it'd be pretty cool to feel that too. Right. Like being a big old tiger shark and just swim around and be like, oh, hey, what's up, human? (laughs) The power. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Sharks are super cool. They're very mellow when they're not, you know, in attack mode. Yeah, they just kind of swim along, and they're very cool, very sweet. Oh, that's awesome. Have you, like, interacted with a shark before? Yeah, so I've been swimming with sharks in the water before, Um, not, like, very often. It's something I've only done, like, four or five times, but I have swum- Only four or five times. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and, like, there's been, like, 40 sharks in the water. Um, There's no cage, and- the last time I went diving, there was a 16 foot tiger shark and I was, I had the great opportunity to like swim alongside it. And it was just like, you know, when you're, when you're next to an animal that has the capability of hurting you, but they show no interest in doing it really, it helps change your perspective on like them in general and like why they should be protected. Oh my gosh. Kate. We haven't even like got started and I'm already amazed that you did that. <laughs> That's one of my most exciting stories. So we just get that out of the way. <laughs> well, it's very like, wow, you're very brave. Oh my oh, God. Thank you. I think I can confidently say that if anybody who swims next to sharks or with sharks, um, from the moment you get in the water, you, it's an indescribable calm or indescribable calm, you know, wow. and, like you suddenly feel like you're safe. And there's nothing to worry about. There's no adrenaline rush. And it's just you and the sharks. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's amazing. It, like I feel just... it's weirdly calming. <laughs> yeah. That's a really interesting perspective because I I guess they just get such a bad rep from movies and shows and stories that I would never have guessed that. Exactly. Yeah. That's how I felt. I was the same way. I was actually terrified of sharks. So so scared of sharks to the point where I would not go in the water, like at all. Yeah, I was even scared to go in the pool as a kid. So like, <laughs> big steps were taken to right. not swim along a tiger shark. But yeah, still very exciting. Yeah, they're always portrayed as just so angry that you're almost yeah. 
from a very small age, you see them as dangerous and. Yeah. And like, of course, sharks deserve like a healthy level of respect, but definitely not fear because most of the time shark attacks don't even happen with like swimmers and divers. Like it's mostly just surfers and like mistaken identity and we could get into that later but right yeah (laughs) yeah sharks are not yeah they are not out to hunt humans which is like totally the conception that I had Mm -hmm. perception that I had yeah justice for sharks yes justice for sharks (laughs) I was really curious about your answer to that because I figured like you have a a wider range of animals (laughs) um yeah that live in the ocean and I like hearing new perspectives so think cool yeah well, what would you be oh wow Please. um <laughs> yeah it's a hard question it is a hard question um as a kid I really loved sea turtles so maybe oh a sea yeah turtle, yeah that would be fun yeah totally I don't sea know if they are cool yeah they are really cool and they're so pretty I don't know if yeah. they can swim fast I don't really know um, much about them no they're kind of just you know, they just go along. They're kind of slow. They're very mellow. And right. Yeah. <laughs> I could dig but, that. Yeah. They just kind of are along for the ride. They're, of all the stereotypes portrayed in Nemo, or Finding Nemo, <laughs> I would say that the turtle was probably the most spot on. Oh my gosh. That's funny. <laughs> now when I watch that, I'm going to think of it. <sighs> it's funny. <laughs> well, Kate, um, we actually haven't known each other for that long, but I'm really happy that we met. And we met in such an interesting way, too. We were, um, well, I was thinking about going to college in Hawaii. So I was looking at YouTube videos of people who had gone to this particular college. And I saw your video. And you just, like, barely mentioned in the video where you were from. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I am from not far from there. <laughs> so I reached out to you on Instagram. And I was really nervous to do so, but I'm glad that I did because I didn't want to come off as creepy or something. But no, no, not at all. <laughs> then we started talking, and I didn't end up going to college there, but I'm glad that we met. Yeah, I'm glad that we met too. It was really random, and it's always <laughs> cool to meet people that are like from back home. And then when I go back home, you know, apart from like COVID, of course, like it'd be cool to meet up and grab coffee sometime. And yeah, like wow, she's a real person. <laughs> right so right now like it's nice to finally sit down and chat because yeah I've been yeah. looking forward to this for a while this is our first time yeah it's nice to put a voice to the face exactly exactly <laughs> that's yes a voice to the face I like that <laughs> oh my goodness well you're such a kind and awesome and bright person would you like to share a little bit more about yourself and your passion sure um, so my name is Kate Dolvier, and I am from, initially from Wisconsin, lacrosse, and I'm 21 years old, and I am a sophomore in college, so that's a little bit abnormal, I would say, although I think you can go back to school at any age, there's really no limit for that. Agreed. Um, and I moved to Hawaii to study sharks initially, I moved there in August of last year, 2019, or no, 2020, it was 2019, and yeah, it just kind of snowballed from there, and I'm an activist. I fight for education on plastic pollution, and I'm also an advocate for sharks, of course, 
and um, the plights that face sharks. But yeah, just all around, I'm all about educating people and trying to get them as involved as I can in environmental issues. Oh my gosh, even more amazing. Thank <laughs> you. I love people who have like a strong advocate for something. It's just so, so inspirational and powerful. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. I think it's really important to be an advocate for something because the way I like to think about it, it's kind of, you know, sad a little bit, but there's so many people that are suffering and so many things going on in the world that I think we all have a responsibility to at least fight for something and try to help somebody in some way if we're in a position to do so, of course. Oh my gosh, that whole like paragraph you just said. I love that so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's my own <laughs> personal philosophy. Yes. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us. I've been looking forward to talking with you because I love seeing your Instagram content. You're so informational and clearly awesome. So it, um, to kind of start us off, when did you feel yourself feeling this deep advocation for the ocean? Did something kind of like happen in your life that you're like, okay, that's what I want to stand up for, or you just kind of always felt drawn to it? Yeah. So I actually had two defining moments in my life. The Ooh. first was when I made the decision to move to Hawaii and I wanted to first study sharks and be an advocate for sharks. Um, for those who don't know, um, I basically moved to Hawaii for this girl named Ocean Ramsey. I wanted to be an intern at their company and Ocean is basically a shark advocate. She swims with sharks all the time and she stands up for them and helps change people's perception of like sharks. And so I wanted to move to Hawaii. I wanted to meet her and like be involved in her organization. And this happened when I was in a practice room as a music major at University of Wisconsin Lacrosse. Oh my and gosh. I was practicing, practicing, practicing. And I was like, something's not right. Like, and so I was just scrolling on my phone and I see this girl swimming with a tiger shark. And of course, now I know it's Ocean Ramsey. And I remember sitting there being like, I don't want to do music anymore. Like, I don't want to just. I mean, of course I love music, but I just felt like I had to do something bigger and I thought that's what I wanted to do. So, you know, a year later, I ended up living in Hawaii. And then the second defining moment is when I go to a beach cleanup for One Ocean Diving, which is her diving company. It was a beach cleanup. And basically this girl, Kenna was like there and she's not a dear friend of mine. And I was picking up plastic, picking up stuff. And I wasn't sure like, what was plastic and what wasn't so I just grabbed a handful of stuff and I was like hey Kenna like what what of this is plastic and she was like looking and you know she picked out like a, a stick or something and then she's like oh that's all plastic and I just remember being so shocked like and I kind of like had this moment where I like looked down at the ground and I looked around and kind of saw this problem with a new perspective of like I'm living here and I don't even understand how there's so much plastic on the beach and it just kind of like clicked that people back home don't even really think about this as a problem unless it's right in front of their face right and so I made it my personal mission to put it in front of their face and so my target audience is people from Wisconsin and from back home and of course anyone else who is along for the ride but those are my two defining moments I would say oh my gosh you're a very okay just like a, a short um pause I guess you're a very good speaker I felt like I could see that whole thing in my head <laughs> that was oh, thank you thank you I've actually been conducting interviews 
a lot recently. So oh, I'm kind of able to be in that perspective of like, <laughs> right. oh, okay, so like this is what I want out of an interview e. So this is how I'm going to try to be. But <laughs> I'm also I've also given my spiel enough times that I kind of know what I'm going to say. So right, yeah. yeah. Those yeah. were really powerful moments, though. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, those are like two moments that I have like anytime someone's asked me and like those are the only things I can really think of that were like true moments where I just made a life decision in like the span of a second. And I was like, yep, that's it. Just felt right, you know? Right. And good for you for just going for it and not being afraid of that. Look where you are now. That's amazing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I definitely like was nervous to like leave quite literally everything behind and just do something completely different, but I've never been one to be scared of like human interaction and like meeting new people. So it it was never like daunting in that way. It was just kind of like, there's no going back and Mm -hmm. I haven't turned around. So we're still going for it. Oh my gosh. I admire you so much. Thank you. Yeah, of course. I didn't, (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know about the um, music major thing. Did you like play a particular instrument or sing or something? Yeah, so um, I sing in the car. That is where my performance of vocal <laughs> ends. But I, I I used to play the oboe. Oh, which, cool. If, for anyone who doesn't know, it's a double reeded instrument. It's kind of like the clarinet, but a little skinnier. More malnourished, you like to say. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's like a lot of solos and a lot of like just performance stuff in general. And it, it can be very stressful. And in the situation that I was in, I was under a lot of pressure. I was a very young artist amongst all of these much more experienced artists who were much better than I was. And it was, I, of course, I didn't realize that at the time, but it was just due to age and whatnot. But I just felt like I didn't belong. And I felt like there was, I just picked music because I didn't know anything else, you know? And it wasn't right. something that I was deeply passionate about. It was just something that I really enjoyed doing. And I think, like, I finally made that realization of, like, I don't want to sit in a practice room for the rest of my life. like. I've always been someone to share environmental posts on Facebook and whatnot. And I was like, I can do something that's actually positive for the world besides be a creator in it and um, a creator of music. I wanted to step more into the modern world and more into like actual ways to like change things. Oh my goodness. That's so amazing. Thank you. Do you ever, um, I suppose maybe you didn't bring your instrument to Hawaii. I was going to ask if you still play like every now and then. Yeah, I actually walked away from it. That was the only, I I mean, like, do I wish I still played? Like parts of me do wish that, but I felt that walking away from it was the only way to truly make that decision. And for me, I'm either like, I'm like an all in or nothing kind of person. So I feel um, that I didn't, I didn't want to just play the oboe. I wanted to be the best. And if I can't, you know, I know, I know that sounds bad, but I'm like, if I can't be the best, then what's the point? And so, no, I, I still sing for fun and I play ukulele for fun, but um, oboe is not existing in my life anymore. Yeah, I respect that decision, though. And now you can put that energy into what you're passionate about and advocating. Exactly. That, that's exactly how I feel. And I'm super, like, thankful to have been able to this year use every aspect of my life to fight for something that I believe in. Like I work at a zero waste store. So I help people directly use less plastic by refilling their containers with like liquids and, you know, not buying plastic. 
So I'm really thankful that I get paid to do that. And then I also am a creator. I make video content. I make Instagram posts and then art as well. And so everything's just kind of coming together finally. And so I am able to go all in from every perspective and um, actually make somewhat of a living so I can survive, but more importantly, make a difference. Um, wow. Yeah, it's cool. I'm so happy for you. That is such Thank a you. good feeling of, yeah, yeah, like feeling everything gravitate together. Yeah, finally, after like so much <laughs> hard work. Yeah. That split yeah. second decision paid off. It did, finally. <laughs> it's, been, it's been incredibly rewarding. And I, you know, it's, it's just so amazing to see how kind people can be and how truly passionate they are when they learn about the problem. And yeah, everyone's just, people are awesome. Like that's like something that I've learned and maybe didn't believe before, but most people are awesome if you give them a chance. Oh, that's really beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit of a more emotional person. Like that's kind of where I operate out of as far as center of intelligence goes. So yeah, that's what I have to offer. <laughs> <laughs> out of curiosity, do you remember like when you first saw the ocean? Yeah, so I want to say, you know, I've been around the ocean since I was pretty young. So I don't know if I remember the exact first time I saw the ocean, but hmm, yeah, when I was five, I remember we went to Florida and no, we went to the Dominican Republic. That's right. Memory when you're a child is kind of like, yeah, so I, I, we were very lucky. My dad got to go on these like random vacations when I was a kid and I ended, of course, right after I like grew up a little bit, but I just kind of remember being on the sand and feeling like, the, you know, the song on my face and the waves and hearing everything. And yeah, that was before I had any sort of fear of shark or anything. And I just, it put me, you know, at ease. And I feel like it makes a lot of people feel really peaceful. And yeah. But the first time I saw the ocean after like being an adult was when I went swimming with sharks for the first time. Like the first time I was actually in the water. So oh that was quite an exciting time. Yeah, a defining moment for sure. Oh my goodness. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, no, I had a really long break from the oceans from being a child to being an adult and um, coming back after so long just felt really good because I've always been someone who's been like obsessed with the ocean and loved the ocean. And yeah, it's just kind of come full circle. Yeah, I um, I haven't like been to or been like in the ocean very much. But when I have like, kind of like you were saying that sharks have like a uh, respect towards them, totally yeah. felt that with the ocean. I was yeah. like, oh, it's really beautiful and calm, but man, that could just turn. Those oh, it, it does, it does turn. As a diver, I can tell you, I've been thrown over a rock by a wave and it's like- Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, I've never been in any like, extreme danger or anything but you know there's moments where you're like you have totally lost control and it is completely up to the ocean and you're just like holy cats like <laughs> I gotta rethink this I gotta be more careful because the ocean is powerful and a lot of people underestimate it just in general and like the ocean is so important for absorbing co2 and you know helping with climate change so yeah but the ocean is really cool Agreed. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I think a lot of people really like the ocean. So, right, there's not a lot of people that are like, "Ocean's ugly," and I hate it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I hate the ocean. 
Oh, man. Um, one of the reasons I was so excited to talk with you was to learn more about the ocean and keeping it clean because I feel like there's so much that I can learn. Are there um, any facts or important points that you like to express when informing people about our ocean? You kind of just said a few and they were actually things that I didn't know. You said absorbing, but... Yeah. Yeah, so the ocean absorbs CO2 and basically there's it's a pretty... Con- not super complicated, but it's a whole process where the shells of animals are... They require a certain chemical reaction to happen. And when there's too much CO2 in the ocean, the chemicals get used up for that CO2 instead. So um, like animals with shells can't grow their shells anymore because of ocean acidification. And that's a direct result of like CO2 emissions going into the ocean and the ocean absorbing those CO2 thing, like, you know, from the atmosphere. And yeah, I'm like definitely not an expert on like that sort of situation, but I do know that, yeah, the ocean has been absolutely vital. I heard like a quote or a fact about how if the ocean wasn't absorbing like CO2, the temperature of the earth would be like over a hundred degrees, which I don't know how accurate that statement is, but um, it was made by a reputable source, if I do recall. It's of course just a projection, but the ocean is definitely doing good for us right Um, yeah of course yeah I'll have to like it'd be really interesting to look up more facts about the ocean yeah just in that sense for sure yeah it it definitely does a lot so it's cool (laughs) but yeah like what do you um do you kind of want me to give like a little spiel about plastic yeah I would love that yes plastic is like synthetic which technically means man-made um and it's made of these things called polymers, which are technically like long chains of single molecules fused together, fused <laughs> together, and they're the base of plastic. And so plastic can also include lots of things like um, UV stabilizers. They're basically additives to give plastic like trait they need. So like if you need it to be softer or more durable or you know, resistant to flames, like there's all of these, there's thousands of additives that can get put into plastic. Wow. And so that makes plastic incredibly hard to study because it's so diverse and, you know, it's not just like one little like piece, it's millions and trillions of pieces that are all um, different. And so it's hard to like know the impact because one piece is going to have a different impact than the other piece. And right. it's about that balance. So that's kind of what plastic is and like why it's kind of a concern because we don't really know a lot about plastic in the environment as far as like the chemicals and whatnot. But we do know that there is quite a bit of plastic um, and most of it does not get recycled. Most of it does not get burned. It gets shipped to places like Indonesia where they have more relaxed environmental laws. And from there, then the plastic can enter the ocean. And I think like one of the misconceptions that people have is that it's not our trash, it's trash in like third world countries, but it is still our trash because we're just shipping it to them and then they don't really have the means to deal with it, but they they still accept it, you know, because they get paid or whatever. But yeah, so that's kind of like a human aspect of plastic. Wow, those were, I did not know that, (laughs) that um, we shipped our plastic over there. Yeah, it's totally crazy. The internet says there is now 5.25 trillion macro 
macro meaning big and micro, micro meaning like tiny plastics, like less than five millimeters in diameter in our ocean. And yeah, so that's, that alone is like crazy, but plastic comes in so many different forms that most people just aren't aware of, like yoga pants or like athletic wear that are made of like nylon or um, polyester, that's mm-hmm. plastic. And so that really? can be, yeah, that can enter the environment when we wash our clothes, like the fibers come off and it's thought that like on the coast, like 80% of plastic pollution is actually microfibers and we just can't see it. Oh my goodness. And like, I don't really know like the impacts that would necessarily have on like animals in the environment. It just kind of is a question of whether or not it's being ingested, but um, it has been shown that really small animals do ingest plastic. Um, in the 1916, so 1916, plastic kind of was just starting to be developed on the industrial level. Mm-hmm. 1950s, it really like took over society, I would say. And then in the 1960s is when they found the first sample of plastic inside plankton. So that is when animals first, yeah, began ingesting plastic. And of course, like it's kind of snowballed and we make a lot more plastic now than we did in the 1960s. And plastic is, it comes in the form of nets, like 46% of plastic pollution is actually from the fishing industry. Oh. Yeah, so this comes in the form of like nets and ropes and it can get wrapped around um, like animals, you know, and mm-hmm. entangled. And I think that's kind of like the most common form of plastic pollution that people think of, apart from yeah. like straw. Because um, I'll be honest, I have only found a handful of straws in my adventures on the beach, which I I share pretty often. But um, yeah, and like a lot of the pieces of microplastic that I find are hard, and they look like they come from crates and buckets, and it's of course impossible to guess where they came from. Yeah, but if I had to guess, I would say it was more of like an industrial fishing type rig than a Starbucks cup or something that we use every day. Right. Well, that makes sense if they're, you know, they're in the ocean more. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's kind of, it's hard to imagine because there's like so much going on in the ocean and it's impossible to think about how many fishing vessels are in the ocean and how much they're taking out of the ocean and then how much they're then putting into the ocean as far as like garbage goes. But it is quite a bit. And I think the scariest part about plastic is how much we know about how much we don't know. Because, yeah, I mean, apart from the entanglement of animals, like, yes, that's awful, but we also have to ask, like, is this microplastic harmful? Like, is it harming the ocean? Is it something to be concerned about? And, of course, animals do ingest plastic. Um, I've been around seabirds that have died from ingesting plastic. Mm. I've seen the pieces they've ingested. Um, I've seen, like, the turtles, and we do, like, ne- I think they're called necropsies on the turtles. And you basically in, inspect their, you know, body to see if they've ingested microplastic, and they do. And like we know all of that's happening, and that's awful, but we don't really know if humans are ingesting a lot of plastic based off that. So like let's say a larval fish ingests a little tiny piece of microplastic, if that plastic leaches a chemical or expels a chemical and it goes into their cells which would then be in their tissue and then another bigger animal eats them like this has been shown with mercury in sharks there's tons of mercury and that's why they're toxic to eat 
And that happens through buildup in the food chain. It's called um, biomagnification. And wow. when a chemical, yeah, when a chemical accumulates inside the body of one organism, it's called bioaccumulation. And so, you know, as the animals travel up the food chain and get eaten, um, there's more concentration of these chemicals. And so that can be a very real possibility of what's happening with plastic. And that's kind of the front line of like where we're at as far as like studying plastic. And then of course, the next question is how much plastic are humans ingesting? And if I'm sure some people have heard the fact of like, oh, we ingest a credit card with the plastic every day. And I'm, we're not really in a place to say that that's necessarily true. But I mean, you can increase your chances of increasing or ingesting microplastic exponentially by just drinking like bottled water. If you drink bottled water, you're consuming about 90,000 microfibers per year of just plastic. Holy buckets. Yeah. I mean, like, it's like a whole, like, it's a whole snowball effect and there's so much information to know. Mm -hmm. But yeah, just the more I learn about plastic and the more I learn about how much we don't actually know, but we're still producing it and still putting it into the ocean. Like, that's why I think there's so much cause for concern. Yeah, I agree. Well, I had no idea that, I guess, like, when you explain it, like, how plastic is in, has so many different variations, um, you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But that's not something you would think of unless you know. Exactly. Yeah. Like, there's just so much that we don't know. We just kind of accept it into our life and use it. I mean, we all use plastic. I still use plastic. I'm not perfect by any means. But like, I mean, even like if like you have a pump, you know, a spray pump, and the lid is plastic, like that's, plastic can be useful in society. And right. I don't think it doesn't have a place in society. I just don't think that place is necessarily single use or like fishing industry stuff, which is a whole yeah. problem in itself. I also saw on your Instagram recently your amazing like advocation for sharks and we kind of touched on it earlier but I was wondering if you wanted to expand on that a little more. Yeah sure so sharks are being um, unfortunately killed um, in the world. It's estimated that around 100 million sharks are killed every year which is of course a lot. Are sharks they... are oh. what? Oh sorry I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no. Go ahead, go um, ahead. I was going to ask if they're, like, killed. Well, I'm sure it's a combination of things, but, like, accidentally or for sport? Because you said they're, they're not safe to eat. Yeah, so sharks are killed for a variety of reasons. The most common or, like, most well-known reason is shark fin soup, which basically um, you cut off the fin of the shark and then it's a delicacy. It's flavorless and it's just cartilage, but it's more like a status symbol. Oh my gosh, soup. that's terrible. Yeah, and like, I mean, it, it is cultural and it, it has served its, you know, purpose as being an important aspect of like functions and events. But of course, it's harmful to the ecosystem and to the sharks as well. And that's like been a number one driving factor of like why sharks are being killed. And another reason why sharks are being killed is something called bycatch. So basically anything you catch in the ocean as a fisherman with an, a giant net is like anything you catch that is not your target species is called bycatch. So turtles, whales, dolphins, and sharks are all caught as bycatch. And a lot of times sharks don't survive that because of course, many pelagic or like open ocean water going 
sharks do need to keep swimming to survive. And if they're trapped in a net, a lot of times they're unable to do that or they're unable to feed. And you know, it can be really sad or they can be caught and then they're on the boat and then they've already been caught. So you might as well use it. Right. Yeah, so like those are two main reasons why sharks get killed. And trophy hunting is another thing altogether. Mm-hmm. I would definitely not say it's like the most um, harmful to shark populations. But I think it is really um, brutal to the shark reputation because if the only time you see a shark is if, like you see a dead shark and you're, you're celebrating its death, like that's not necessarily going to convince you that sharks need saving. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so sad. Yeah, sharks really have it rough and they're very important. They're apex predators, so they're vital to the ecosystem. Um, a shark basically helps keep you know, dead, dying, like, fish off the reef and species in general. And this is great because it helps prevent spread of disease. It keeps populations healthy, keeps populations from becoming overpopulated. For example, if a turtle is constantly feeding on grass, um, it's going to eat all the grass. Whereas if there's a tiger shark in the area, that um, sea turtle is going to have to move to a different area to find a different form of food or different area of grass. And so it's not going to overgraze because it's being hunted. Right, so sharks yeah. are basically like the white blood cells of the ocean. And they're so vital to just keeping the ocean healthy. And I think a lot of people don't realize that, you know, as apex predators. And, you know, on land, we don't really live with apex predators because we've killed them all. And um, we are now the apex predators, if you will. But the ocean still has a really well-functioning ecosystem and by taking away sharks, we're kind of destroying a keystone species that every other species relies on to survive. Well, I wish more people knew that piece rather than the misconception that they're, I mean, obviously they can still be dangerous if they're pushed to like that limit, anything could be, but yeah, that they're chill and they're doing their job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sharks, I mean, as is, is unfortunate and sad as it is, they only kill about seven people a year. And unfortunately, um, a man just recently died on Maui from a shark attack. And Oh, that's sad. It, yeah, and it, it really is sad. And it is so, like, I can't imagine with the trauma and the fear that comes from, like, that experience. But most of the time, sharks swim by surfers and swimmers every day. And nothing bad happens. It's just a few cases of mistaken identity in which a shark happens to take a bite because they're curious. And of course, you know, humans get offended when another species tries to take it down. And people are scared of sharks. And yeah, it's it's just all about changing perception. And most of us aren't ever in the ocean anyways. Yeah, it's extremely like unfortunate obviously, and really sad, but that's not like sharks aren't seeking out to hunt people. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people think that's like, yeah, yeah. Like you see the movies where the sharks are like inside the ship and it's like, you go under (laughs) and, or like, I mean, I think there's like a movie like called Shark Avalanche where there's sharks in the snow and like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Like sharks are not like that at all. Like they are just, wildly misrepresented in in media in general and yeah they get a really bad rap but they deserve a lot of respect like I can tell you like do you care if I share my experience with like swimming with a tiger shark oh my gosh no please do yeah so like 
I'm just chilling in the water. You know, there's like about 40 sharks just around. They're all like six to eight foot Galapagos or sandbar sharks. And suddenly they all drop in the water. And this is a sign that a bigger predator is coming into the area. And from like the distance, Ocean Ramsey goes, we have a tiger shark approaching. And so we all look over and I just see this like massive tail, like, cause I was on the opposite side of the boat. I just see this massive tail, like go behind the boat. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's a tiger shark. And then I got scared. Cause I was like, that's, I'm not gonna see it again. Like it just disappeared. And for about 30 minutes, it just would swim by, grace us with its presence. And then <laughs> it would it would leave from one area and like one part of the water. And then it would approach from a different side. And like, I just think that's so cool because it's going so slow and then it disappears and it suddenly is like really fast, like in a different area. And you're like, wow. <laughs> but like, this, I mean, that experience alone of, Swimming with a species that is responsible for many, I mean, that's a species that was responsible for the recent um, unfortunate death on Maui. And, you know, tiger sharks get a bad rap because they have poor vision. They're more likely, they're called the garbage cans of the sea. They'll basically eat anything. Oh, but just swimming alongside one and seeing it for what it truly is and seeing it as an individual. Her name was Mickey. Aww. Um, older tiger shark. Yeah. Just recently had pups last season and. Yeah, just, like, being able to, like, see her up close, it's, like, I can't believe, like, the way that they're presented in the media, like, it's just so polar opposite to the way that they actually are. Because they just command respect when they're around you. And if you give it to them, you're usually okay. Oh, that sounds, like, so elegant, like, if you saw that. Yeah. Graceful. Definitely. Yeah, and that, of course, it's, like, a much larger animal than you are, and it's just cool to, to like, basically feel powerless and understand that it's all up to the animal, and the animal still does nothing, which is super cool. Yeah, I was going to ask, um, like, roughly average, like, how big they are, so I was trying to like, put that in my head. Oh, yeah, so, like, I would say the Galapagos and Sambar Shark are the most common in Hawaii, like, off the coast. And those are about six or eight feet. So, you know, as tall as a six foot person or eight feet tall, like long. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like some tiger sharks get to be like 16 feet. There was a great white shark that Ocean swam with without a cage. Um, biggest one on record was like 21 feet long. Just oh my gosh. Big mom. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so cool. But yeah, no, they, I mean, little reef sharks can just be like, four or five feet long or even three it really just depends on the species but I would say most sharks that you're going to run into are pretty small apart from like the the big apex predators that migrate like the tiger sharks right they're they're a little bit bigger wow yeah well I, I'd give my respect to any shark that's that's good that's good yeah <laughs> yes especially after today yeah 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 it's just about being educated in the water and like knowing how to like yeah be you know because you can that this is something I live by is like when you're in the ocean just always act like there's a shark in the water because there is and oh yeah there's yeah. just ways to like position your body and constantly be aware and not splash on the surface and 
there's a, like a bunch of guides on Ocean Ramsey's Instagram if anyone is interested, but there's, there's lots of ways to help be proactive about letting a shark know that you're not prey and will usually leave you alone. Right. Yeah. I can um, leave her Instagram in the yeah. show notes too for people that might be interested. That's so cool. Her name is uh, Ocean. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like, super cool. She's, she's yeah. so inspiring. She was just meant to advocate. I know, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you for telling us more about that because it, it's so important and it's an amazing cause. And now that we have all learned that, we can pass it along. Perfect. Love it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, the sharks need all the help they can get. So that's awesome. Yeah. Now we're going to advocate for them too. Yes. Um, would you like to take a quick break before we dive Back into the conversation? Sure. Yeah. Great. We'll be right back. And we are back. So switching gears just slightly, I wanted to not only compliment your beautiful art that's featured on your Instagram, but I also wanted to hear how you came up with the idea for the little, they're like little mosaics, right? That you kind of use the plastic for? Yeah, so I basically use plastic to accentuate a piece or like accent any sort of like piece of art that I make that's like ocean related and how that started is kind of funny so like I've kind of heard about ocean art before and I've seen it here and there and been like oh yeah that's like cool but when I went home for Christmas break last year um, I had all this plastic that I brought to show my family and I was incredibly bored because it was snowy <laughs> outside I didn't want to go outside I didn't want to do anything related to that at all and so yeah I had a painting and I was painting with my friend and I just got this like idea to like I made a shark and I had the idea to make the shark body like out of plastic and yeah it kind of like exploded from there and now I actually sell my art which is cool but yeah really cool yeah I was uh showing my boyfriend your art because we both really like art too and we're like oh my gosh we should buy some so we might buy some from you oh awesome yeah I'm gonna be throwing up some bigger pieces but yeah I feel weird when people I know buy my art <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I feel the same way about my books I'm yeah. like oh, I should just give it to you but they're like no I you know. have to make a living yeah so. yeah and like something that people have said is like I'm your friend I want to support you yeah exactly like, don't give me the friends and family discount like I want to I want to support you because I'm your friend and I'm like stop yeah exactly I totally agree I want to support you. Oh, um, thank you. You also do like drawings. Well, you just said you do painting too. That's so mm -hmm. cool. Do you? Yeah, yeah, I do some digital art. I'm getting more into it now. Um, I recently got like a, a drawing set up for digital art because I was just using my mouse pad before. Mm -hmm. But That'd I will be, so be getting fun. more into that soon. Yeah, you when you have like the pictures for advocating for the sharks, you do yeah. those? You like draw? Yeah, the, yeah, like the little sayings and stuff. Yeah, anything I post on my Instagram is like my content. And oh if it's not, I will definitely say otherwise. But right. yeah. Well, I, I didn't know if maybe you like used um, like a program or something. I didn't know you, you drew it. Oh, yeah, I use Photoshop. But like I draw it on Photoshop. Right. Girl, oh my gosh. <laughs> You're so talented. That's oh, I don't know. I just kind of do my, I just do me. <laughs> so creative. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, of course. I love that. Um, 
Well, I can also put like, cause you have a link for your shop on your Instagram. Yeah. I have a link tree now. So yeah, like everything is on there. All of awesome. my platforms. I will also include that in the show notes. You guys can cool. check out Kate's cool art. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to, but if you want to, <laughs> that would be cool. I would highly encourage it. Beautiful stuff. Thank you. So for people out there that would like to help like keep our waters clean and do their part, do you have any, any advice for them? Yeah. So I think one of my misconceptions was that in order to help sharks or help the plastic problem, I had to like be around it, which is totally not true. Um, I wish I would have known that I could have stayed home and like made an impact from where I am. Any of us can be an activist or an advocate for things that we care about from any corner of the world. And the most important thing I think is to educate people around you who would otherwise not know about the issue. Because if you tell someone about sharks and then they tell their friends about sharks and it snowballs, like suddenly everybody knows about sharks. And I think that's really important. My advice for someone who wants to be an advocate or an activist is to just do it. Start learning, start creating content, get involved on Instagram and Twitter and um, TikTok especially is a new thing. Mm-hmm. not new new but you know it's, it's um, a good platform to get exposure and yeah just make sure you stay educated but I say just go for it and start raising awareness making Instagram posts following people that you look up to and reaching out making those connections and just like finding any way you can to stay involved oh that is really great advice especially for people like you know, here in Wisconsin, where we're yeah. nowhere near the ocean, that you can still exactly. make yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. You can still make a difference, for sure. That's amazing and really great advice. It makes you feel hopeful, like you can do yeah. something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, just before we sign off, we have arrived to my favorite bit of the show, where our inspirational guest shares a quote with us that's inspirational to them. And I can't wait to hear yours. All right, cool. So I was kind of deciding between two quotes, but I'm going to share one of my quotes that I say. It's like a combination of multiple quotes from different people, but it's just kind of the way that I like to say it is create a better world for those who have yet to exist. And I love this so much because we live in a world where we judge the past so harshly. Sometimes I think about like what people are going to say about us now hundred years from now and what they're going to wish we would have done differently. And, you know, people who have yet to be born, who might've really wanted to swim with a whale or see a shark or see the ocean for what it truly is. And then it's not there anymore. It's not as lively, not as vibrant. I just, I think that's so sad. And I think that people are going to wonder why we stood by and did nothing. And mm-hmm. Yeah, so like, I want us to create a better world for people who don't exist yet, because it's so important to be considerate of the fact that we're impacting the future of people who are not here, and who don't have a say in the matter, but who I guarantee if they're living through something that is horrible, if they're living through climate change, if they're living through you know, not having these beautiful animals in the ocean and the ocean is just turning into this horrible place. Like, I think that we would want people to do something about that. And so I'm just trying to be proactive and I want to be on the right side of history and I want to create a better world for people who 
would want me to. Right. Oh my gosh, that is extremely powerful. And I couldn't agree more. Just, wow, that just really makes you think. Yeah, like it makes you think about like, do we have a responsibility to the future? Do we have a responsibility to people who are not here yet? And then do we have a responsibility to the people of the past who have been fighting, you know, like Rachel Carson, who wrote the first, basically the first book about like chemicals and the environment. And like, do we owe it to her who's now passed away and like to keep fighting for her cause? Do we owe it to women to keep fighting for, to make sure we still have the right to vote, to make sure we still have our rights and to keep pushing forward for equality? Um, you know, like we still have that responsibility. Like, do we have it to the past and do we have it to the future? And to, to both, I think the answer is yes. Like when I pass on, I would hope that someone would continue fighting for, you know, causes. And like, of course it's bigger than myself, but I would hope that enough people were inspired that they were like, I want to keep fighting for that. And like, yeah. Yeah, because you don't want your cause to just die with you and you don't want people to be born and be like, wow, Kate did nothing about this. Like, what? <laughs> like, I don't know. It's, it's all very complicated, but yeah. Yeah, well, I think also um, kind of going off what you said, with your advocation, you do touch people and they feel like a duty to advocate as well. Like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that. Now I'm going to tell people about that. And you, you are spreading that. Yeah, to make the world better for those who don't exist yet. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. I hope so. <laughs> I, I strive to do something along those lines. Um, oh, I think you can. Yeah, I think you definitely do. I love seeing your content on Instagram. Thank you. Thank you. I'm like working on making more official content, like videos and whatnot. But I've decided I want my quality to be good to reach the maximum amount of people. So it just takes a lot more time. Right. Yeah. You don't want to spread yourself too thin either. So exactly. It should also be fun. Yeah, exactly. It should be fun. Yeah. <laughs> I forget that sometimes. I have fun doing art though. Art is my getaway. Yeah. I've been doing it a lot recently. So yeah. Good. Yeah. I love a day with creativity. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure you do. Yeah. Writing and sitting and you do art, you said. Yeah. Yeah. I like to draw, not necessarily good at it, but it's fun. Oh, I mean, I think that that's like something I was hearing about the other day too is with creatives is like just because your medium is oil or just because your medium is writing doesn't mean you can't learn another skill. Like, yes, that's just the one you happen to become proficient at. Like you can still, like you are a creative and you have those tendencies. So you can technically learn any creative skill in Excel. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to hold that with me. Yes, please do. Yeah, because I'm sure if you drew as much as you write, like you'd be, not that you're not already, but you could be like a truly fantastic drawer, artist. And yeah. So nice. So motivating and inspirational. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's my personality type. <laughs> or the ENFJs. <laughs> I'm, I'm big on personality types and whatnot. I think it's so important to get to know yourself. First. that's true yeah then you can kind of understand why you react to certain things and how yeah. you feel and how other people react exactly very important that's a whole other episode in itself and right. something i'm probably not qualified to talk about but <laughs> well if you're I passionate do, about it that's yeah i am i am truly i'm all about self-growth but oh it's my cool god understand yourself from a logical perspective and to also understand others and why they react the way they do 
Yeah. So you can learn to judge them based on how they would judge themselves and not on how you would judge yourself because we operate out of different morals and different centers of intelligence. And it's unfair to judge someone in a way that they wouldn't judge themselves because we're all our own worst critic. And so hold someone to their own standards and not to yours because we're all different. I That's love that. I'm going to have to have you back on for like a personal growth episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe like a panel or something. I can just chime in once in a while. <laughs> a panel. Yeah. That's actually a really fun idea. Yeah, hmm. I've always wanted to do a panel. Ooh, maybe. Maybe. Do like a little creatives and advocacy or something. Oh, my gosh. Look at us. That'd be yeah. amazing. That would be amazing. <laughs> Kate, thank you so much for taking the time to come on and talk about such an important topic. And I really enjoyed and appreciated learning more about the ocean and how we can keep it clean. And going off of that, I thank you and applaud you for going to the beaches all the time and picking up the plastic and garbage that comes on. I truly admire you and I'm really happy that we met. Well, thank you, Bria, so much. You're incredibly kind. And like, I, <laughs> I like seriously it's so refreshing so thank you and I'm really glad to have been on and thank you for thinking of me and thank you for all that you do with like your podcast and just spreading joy and happiness and being a writer and a creative and doing Wisconsin well you know like yeah I don't know you're just you're awesome thank you so much for having me on oh my gosh I appreciate that so much thank you We could probably go back and forth all day. Yeah, I was just thinking that. I was like, this is going to be like a a compliment more. Yes. Yes. Let there be more. Of kindness. Yes. Well, for all you dreamers out there, keep following your passions, stay positive and kind, and remember to help each other out and build each other up. I'll see you pistachios next month. Thank you so much for tuning in during your busy schedule. We have new episodes every last Friday of the month. Our jiving theme song is by the all-wonderful and talented Luke Daniels. I hope that you've learned some great new insight and you're feeling confident and motivated in your dreams and passions. Let today be the step you've been thinking about taking. You're amazing.